What's up, buddy? How's it going? We're live here on LSG Media. I am immortal. It's been a minute since we did this shit. It's been a minute since we've done... First of all, it's been five months. took us five months (laughs) to deliver on the plan, number one. Number two, (laughs) I don't remember the last time. Oh, no. I just dumped tea in my keyboard. We're fine. It's not the good keyboard. (laughs) I got two next to me like fucking Mozart over here. Hacker Mozart. Yep, hack the planet. But here we are, man. A little live show chit chat before we get get cracking on this thing proper. It's fun. Uh, Just did a live show minutes ago with Joshua X-Files as usual. Yeah, old hat for you. Old hat for me. How do we do this again? How do I manage the chat? I'm just a live show. I'm just a performer, Matthew. It's what I do. I entertain the masses. Dancing for shekels. Dancing for shekels is the name of the game, baby. <laughs> my desperate attempt, my hand, hat in hands, clown nose on, whatever it takes, man. <laughs> so here we go. So a couple of disclaimers. Number one, thanks for the live turnout. I wasn't sure how many people would show up. There's quite a few of you in there now, which is really awesome of you guys to do. So Hell yeah. you didn't have to do that. I appreciate it. Um, that That's awesome. It's good to see some faces out there. Shout out to Scott Audrey, Callum, T-Dog, Marcus Voss, Jay. Of course, our alum, as it were. Mm-hmm. My mic is Crazy. spiking, is it? Yeah. It's going to be louder than Matthew's, unfortunately, but I don't think it's peaking unless I scream, and then it'll peak for you. Uh, maybe you just got really sensitive, powerful ears. <laughs> so um, it'll be a little different sound quality-wise because Matt is actually on a cell phone for this. He's, re- yeah. he's recording his file locally on a good microphone, but he's talking to me on a on a uh, you, you will never know on the finished product, but on the live show it'll sound a little cell phony. So I apologize for that. Yeah, nothing we can do about that. Nope. Sound sound's been a bitch lately to us, fighting us every fucking inch of the yeah, way. Yeah, yeah. Just before this, I had no sound on Skype. I was like, you got to be fucking kidding me. What now could it be? What now? I asked myself, and I shook my fist at the gods of audio. <laughs> Why? Why us? Why? Why? Why is it? Why are we so tortured? Um, I don't know, but um, yeah, I uh, I'll tell you, it's it's been a it's been a wild time here at LSG Media, wild time in the world. But it's fun to get back to some Battlestar Galactica, and I don't know if there's much preamble we want to do. I think we want to just kind of get right into the content, huh? Yeah, I think so. All right, then why don't we uh, we we talked about kind of just sort of talking about this from an idea perspective versus sort of this whole chronolo- oopsie, I turned you way down, versus this whole chronological approach. So I don't know if that's, yeah. it's, a, it's a bit, there's a lot. There's a lot of cutting. Oh God, there's so much. Uh, I want to talk about that as we go. All right. <laughs> Just the, uh, the, sh- the scenes are interesting in this. All right, well, hold your thoughts. Here we go. We're going to drag this in. We're going to make this a proper show star. We're going to have to improvise this, but here we go. We drag this in. And play. Welcome back to Recommissioned, a Battlestar Galactica podcast. We are returning from the ashes of Caprica. We are bringing you one final episode on this feed for now, and we are covering the plan. This is something we talked about months ago. We've wrapped our entire coverage on this wonderful program, and a lot of our listeners demanded, Matthew, they demanded with shaking fists and scowls and signs. forks and torches. Yes. And they said, take my daughter, but please give us the plan. 
So we are here <laughs> for that purpose. Now, hope we don't disappoint. Yep. Seems like a lot's on the line. Uh, well, it is. We, we do have that fine piece of podcasting always to fall back on, which is the final episode of the final season of this amazing show. They can go back and listen to if we drop the ball here. But um, <laughs> right. I want to come right out of the gate quickly and uh, establish a couple of things. Number one, we're here to talk about the plan. Number two, originally we talked about doing a watch along or, or at least that how somehow got thrown into the mix. That's not going to be the case. Um, my intention was to never actually do that. I, I don't remember where that came up. I'm sure somebody will find the minute where it was precisely discussed. And I probably did suggest it in making me a big fat liar, but I don't recall doing that. I just don't think it would be good content. This guy's a phony. He's a they phony. He, yes, they pulled their, quickly pulled their daughters back. Um, <laughs> from the sacrificial altar. Unfortunately. But uh, here we go. So we're talking about the plan. Battlestar Galactica, Matthew. The plan. Yes, Everyone said, you gotta, our diehards, you gotta cover it. It's important that you cover it. And, um, here and here we are. So IMDB says this about the plan. When the initial Cylon attack against the 12 colonies fails to achieve complete de- uh, extermination of human life as planned, twin number ones embedded on Galactica and Caprica must improvise to destroy the human survivors. That concept is really cool. Yes, indeed. So I'm I mean, gonna, essentially, it's a, a movie-long tantrum that his plan didn't work out perfectly on the first go. Uh, Damn it all, there's still <laughs> naked apes running around piloting ships. They're all supposed to be dead. You are not wrong, sir. You are not wrong. <laughs> well, well, that said, let's dive right into our initial impressions of this hour and 50-minute long episode of The Plan. Yeah. Hit me. I I, right. I can sense in your voice reservation and I want to just I yeah. I want to just pull yeah, it right I'll out of you and let's put it down. Let's go let's let's talk about it. I, with this movie, I oscillate back and forth between real genuine enjoyment and really, I'm not going to lie, the highlight, I don't think this is surprising at all, highlight of this movie is Dean Stockwell. Like, he just fucking carries it. I'm happy every time he's on camera. I'm like, hell yeah, more, more, more. Super interesting. I've always enjoyed the Cavill character, even though conceptually I have some of my, I have issues with kind of how he plays out, but Dean Stockwell's performance of him is fucking entertaining as shit. I love him. He's great. He's a powerhouse. Like the idea of giving uh, a further focus on that character and just, you know, de- feeding sets to Dean Stockwell just to chew on. He's great. It's great. Like I, I enjoy that a lot. Where I kind of oscillate back and forth between is also the kind of feeling of, did we need this? <laughs> did we need this? I'm not, I'm not a hundred percent sure. And I'll admit, I'm kind of sitting on the fence. I feel like I could be pushed in either direction. So Maybe that if, if you're feeling really high on it, Dean, I would believe by the end of this podcast that I will be higher on it because I enjoyed the hell out of a lot of this here. Um, but structurally, I had some problems because, I mean, to be honest, there's there's a middle chunk of this that is so intercut between scenes from the show and then cutting right back to, uh, you know, Cavill and the other Cylons reaction to them and what they're planning and then right back to the show and then right back to them talking about what happened that it really did kind of feel like just plugging holes that were in the show. Like, ah, and then we got to explain this, and then we explain this, and then we explain this, and they just felt like little quick scenes of like, and we just need three lines of dialogue to explain this thing, four lines of dialogue to explain this thing, and then back and forth, back and forth. And there were like really quick cuts 
and it just got kind of confusing. And I was like, this kind of feels messy, guys. It feels a little messy. As much as I did enjoy a lot of it, I don't know. Like, it's it's weird to me. So I'm kind of middle of the road on this right now. It didn't blow me away. You know, there's some great stuff out of Dean Stockwell here that I can't wait to talk about. But uh, yeah, I'm feeling a little little ambivalent about it. So I was watching this, and, and, I, and I'm not going to lie, and I know this makes me a certain kind of person. You might say bad, you might say simple, but the fact that this was not shown on broadcast television, the fact that Six danced around in her underwear and people were extra sexy and there was a bunch of nudity and shit. It, <laughs> they it, were aching to get some tits in this. It kind sure. of kept my attention, okay? Because <laughs> uh, I was like, well, the, the gloves are off. So here's the deal. Um, I think you have very fair criticisms right out of the gate in terms of this. It was a struggle. Now, I watched it twice. I liked it a lot more the second time. It seems to move quicker. Um, mm-hmm. Part of, I think, the problem with the plan is this. And in, in, in I, in I don't know if this is a problem with the plan or so much as it's a problem with me, but we wrapped on the, we wrapped on the coverage of, of Battlestar Galactica Season 4 five months ago. We last recorded in June, okay? Now we're here in November of 2020, the year of our Lord. And to be frank, I don't remember the last time I watched season one or two based on the way we recorded this program. Yeah, fortunately, five years ago. (laughs) Fortunately, season one is the season I've seen the most. And I've seen the miniseries quite a few times. Now, based on some of the comments, I think from Callum Banbury, who's in the chat um, on the Facebook page, I didn't see it quite as well as he did. I mean, you have to really pay attention to some of these cuts. Obviously, it's clear when we're getting footage from the original show, but but I wonder if this would feel if I would feel better or worse having watched all of this rapid fire and then this right on top of it. I don't know. This is something yeah. I talk about when it comes to Game of Thrones. Like you wait every week, you don't know what's going to happen. Well, what if you just binge the whole fucking show? Now, uh, Game of Thrones is a good example. Season five is a weak season to me, not as weak as the last, but it's kind of a weaker season on an initial watch when you get stuck in Dorne, that ever, never-ending desert of content. And then when you watch it, binging it, you go, oh, it moves pretty quick. But that's only because you're binging it. Right. And that you're familiar with it. Yes. So my, my perception of the plan may or may not be fair, but I did just want to give that sort of as a disclaimer to say that, you know, I'm not going to come out and say, I think this is bad because I don't think it's bad. No, I don't think so. Either. It was entertaining to watch. It was cool to see some people get new stuff to do. It was cool to see Trisha Helfer specifically play this very different character in the presence of Cavill. Uh, I guess you'd call yeah. him Galactica Cavill versus Caprica Cavill because we do have to make that distinction. Um, to see her play this kind of unhinged, let's get the genocide rocking and rolling person. That was interesting to see her almost villainous. Um, I, um, I, I think there's this big, I'm sorry, Simon part of this, which is, it's a little late. Like, first of all, (laughs) the, first of all, Simon, the guy who plays Simon, his name escapes me. I apologize. I'm terrible with these names, but- uh, but but the guy whoever whoever that man is who plays Simon oh Rick Worthy so Rick Worthy not to be confused with James Worthy is the guy who plays Simon and it almost feels like a we're sorry Simon because here's this <laughs> yeah. thing where we go 
here's a here's a Cylon who has integrated himself in the fleet, knows he's a Cylon, which is interesting, and decided yeah. anyway to pursue a family with Gianna O'Neill, a character I actually really liked in the short term. She was a very there's a lot of passion in her that I really liked. And I'm not just talking about yeah. when she rides Simon. I'm talking about just <laughs> there's something interesting about this person who had this prestigious job and now has, as he so uneloquently says, grease under her nails. Is this what you want? And blah, blah, blah. And all of this stuff. But, um, so there's some of that stuff that I like. I, I, you know, there, there's a lot of little things like that, that, that interest me. Part yeah. of me feels like it, you you really you you're going to be in one of two camps. You're going to accept the gimmick or you're not. And the right. and the gimmick and the gimmick isn't Ellen Ty bent over bar eating olives. The gimmick is old footage mixed with new and sort of shooting tangential moments against that to to sort of fill in the blanks. This well, and giving a Cylon a more <laughs> Cylon centered uh, perspective, which I'm like that's interesting. I mean, on paper conceptually, I think that is an interesting uh, endeavor. <clears throat> right. There's also this part of it too. Sometimes, you, you know, when you watch deleted scenes, a lot of times you go, I, I understand the cut. <laughs> right, right. I, I almost totally. feel that way when I'm watching it. Like I understand because remember, if you think back to a lot of the questions you had when covering the show, a lot of it was trying to figure out their motivation and how mm-hmm. Byzantine it was to you. Totally. Complete mystery. One of the things I think is very triumphant about this exercise called the plan is us watching Cavill try to control the Cylons, which we've talked about many times over on the program, which is they're so perfect that it's a problem <laughs> yeah. because they're not simply programmed to execute tasks. They have free will, and we hope that they are going to follow the titular plan. Does that, does that make sense? Yeah, no, I agree. And I mean, to be honest, I actually really liked the Simon stuff as as a, kind of an example of that. I, to be honest, though, it's something that I liked about the plan. And I also found myself going, well, this should have been integrated into the show. <laughs> like uh, this, I, I like the idea of particularly singling out Simon because of all the Cylons, he gets the least amount of screen time in the show. And he's seen the times we do see him. He's doing pure evil shit, like trying to impregnate human women and doing all this awful, you know, Nazi scientist experimentation kind of shit. Right. And that's really the majority of our impression of him. And I actually really enjoyed having this sort of parallel, kind of paralleling Brother Cavill on, on Caprica and then the Galactica Cavill of, of Cylons actually having real dissent and pulling away from the plan, the purpose of all of this. Um, and can, can I jump him- in on that for a second? Yeah. So as far as Simon goes, I agree and I both agree and disagree. I agree conceptual, but I don't know if I, <clears throat> but I think I disagree in terms of it, of it being at all necessary. And here's why, because we already sympathize with Sharon. We don't quite know how she like, we already have this focal point for conflict, like between humanity and Cylon. I don't mind there yeah. being an, a pure evil, a pure evil cavil which we learn is a little more complicated, which I do like. This is really about him. I, I, and I don't mind conceptually a, a, a morally ambiguous Simon, but I almost feel like that's been, that is being handled, especially when you get to the final five, especially like, I don't know. I don't know if we need that again, but what, 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 what is interesting about Simon is, her, is his relationship to Gianna. I feel like the Gianna character is somebody you could have 
had in this show. Like, imagine if there was a character in the show like Gianna who her husband like offs himself. You come to find out he's a Cylon and it leaves this big mystery as to why and what does that mean and in 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 yep. in extrapolating humanity from that. Do you know what I'm saying? See, that's the thing. Like, I feel like there could have been a great, you know, what you call on TV, like a bottle episode. Where sure. It's, it's kind of removed from everything else. I would have loved, and I feel like it would have been a really cool surprise that somewhere in late in season three or even like midway through season four, before some of the bigger revelations about the Cylons really happen, all of a sudden we just see Simon in the fleet. Like the episode is just about him and he's just on this ship and it introduces the character of Gianna. And we know as viewers, like, holy shit, that he's a Cylon. And the only versions of him we've seen are evil. And we see this version of him who is so torn that he ends up killing himself. And like, you could have even used a flashback I to dig it. evil, evil Cavill talking about like, all right, you need to blow up the ship that you're on and, you know, cast off this human life that you're getting cozy in. And by the end of the episode, he kills himself. And that, and like, that could also remain, like you said, as this mystery in the fleet before they start to get revelations about what the Cylons really are. Because that would have been a cool way to shift, you know, the audience perception of Cylons of like, well, wait a minute, that one that you saw as the pure evil Cylon who got stabbed in the fucking throat by Starbuck. Well, there's a version of him who sees the light and he's and like what I find interesting about Simon in the plan is like you already said, he's not a sleeper cell Cylon. He fucking knows he is a Cylon. He knows he's one and he knows his mission is to destroy humanity and he just doesn't like he he's one of the first Cylons to essentially be like the rebel Cylons and just say no to the whole thing. And that I find just inherently interesting. And I'm like, why did you wait till here? <laughs> Why'd you wait? Sure. Why'd you wait? I, I think f- the fear of waiting, I think I, I, <laughs> I, I think that sounds like a good episode idea. And I think the fear of, I think the reason for waiting is the danger of revealing too much information that they wanted to hold till later in the show. That's the only thing I can think of. Yeah, yeah. but uh, in the yeah, chat, uh, in the chat says Simon in the fleet up would have been a good replacement for an episode. I can't recall the name. Yeah, black market, a hundred percent. It had a market in it though. These guys are oh, these guys are reading true. my mind because I was going to make a black joke, black market joke. <laughs> you know, then we <laughs> wouldn't have gotten Bill Duke terrorizing apparently the third in command of the Galactica. What a waste of Bill Duke! Too. I know I mean, he was fun in the episode, but I'm like, damn it! You just threw him in and tossed wasn't him out. His uh, fault. Wasn't his fault. Wasn't just, his fault. He was bad, fun as hell. Bad writing. <laughs> it's just goofy. also. I want to bring up uh, Callum Banbury in the chat had another good point where he said, uh, kind of agreeing with what something I said earlier. Plugging holes is definitely the vibe I got. Partly why I feel it works better. Watched during season four when the scenes they tie into are fresh in the mind. I totally agree, sure. Callum. Like I watching this I, I would say about halfway through i was like fuck i wish i had just watched this somewhere in season four like that it would have added to my experience of season four and i would have been less confused because i'll admit like watching this this is why i had to go back for a second time which i didn't do a full second watch i watched like i was telling dean about 75 percent of it again rewatched big chunks um but i just had lots of moments where i'm like when the fuck was this dialogue again? Like, what part of the show was that at? I don't remember. Like, I, you know, I watched most of the show only one time and I watched most of the show three, four years ago now. So I'm like, it, it is, it's hard to watch the plan with that much time removed between episodes. Um, but no, I mean, again, like what, what carries it for me is the stuff with Dean Stockwell. I mean, yeah, what do you great. think? Uh, uh, what, what do you think of this, Dean? Because I mean, we talked a lot about, like, for me, conceptually, I'll admit, you know, and I think I talked about this some on our last couple of episodes, 
I was slightly disappointed in the idea of, oh, the big, mysterious, you know, impenetrable, inscrutable Cylon plan was all just one cackling villain being like, but I just hate the humans. And I was like, that's, that's that kind of it. Okay. Like at first, like that did kind of rub me wrong, but the way they, they, you know, portrayed it and the way Dean Stockwell played it out and, you know, him being angry about being trapped in a human form, like that stuff made it more interesting. And I was like, okay, like I'm sold. It's still good. But um, that was kind of a conceptual boogaboo for me. I was like, I don't, uh, it kind of just sticks in me wrong. Um, but what do you think about, do you think the plan, this movie, adds more to, to Dean Stockwell's Cavill character? Do you think that we needed this? Do I think we needed it? It's such an interesting thing to ask. Um, here's what I'll say. I, I, I am not sure that it has made me like or dislike Battlestar Galactica more or less. Does that make yeah. sense? So I guess you could say that makes it unnecessary as far as I'm concerned. Now, in other words, I don't, I don't like or dislike Battlestar Galactica. My, my love for the program hasn't changed based off the plan, which means, yeah, yeah, sure. which, which if that's your barometer for necessary, then it's un- completely unnecessary. However, I think at the end of the day, entertainment is the name of the game. So did I enjoy this enough to, did, did, I, did, did I get my time worth for the hour and 50 minutes? I would say on the whole, I'm in the positive spectrum. But I'm not, as you said, I don't have my, my hair has not been blown back. It's not, it, it, there's a lot of, um, I don't know. It's, it's too, the, 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 the gimmick part of it. And, and I, and I know that word is challenging, makes it challenging for me. Um, so conceptually it is, it's okay. It's okay. <laughs> right. I, I'm glad I watched it, but it's not, it doesn't. It's not doing a lot for me. It's not. It's not. It's not making me go. Oh wow! This is this is super impressive. Um, that's not to say there's not again parts of it I don't enjoy. But but to to sort of put necessary on on trial, I would say it's. I yeah. I, would, I well, you know what? Let let me replace that word then. Instead of necessary, do you feel like it adds something interesting and unique to the Cavill character outside of what we got from the show? Uh, moderately. Yeah. Yeah. Moderately. So I want to, you know, you, you sort of, you preempted this question by talking about, you were almost posing a question within a question because you were saying, does Cavill somehow become less interesting realizing that it is potentially a cackling villainous plan of let's destroy humanity? I want to, I want to sit here for a while. Can we sit here for a little bit? Yeah, let's oh, let's take a seat. Let's get cut. Let's get right in this jacuzzi because I like this. This isn't. <laughs> Ooh, I like these bubbles. Yeah, this is nice. This is real nice. Ooh, you touching me with your footsies underwater? Oh, Ooh, damn! All right, I hear you. I see you. I slide a little closer. No, but um, <laughs> here's what I think. I think when this show started, it started with the miniseries, which was a coordinated attack to eradicate humans. Forget the plan. A coordinated attack to eradicate humanity by sending multiple payloads of varying nuclear weapons into all of the colonies as we know it. Mm -hmm. That plan has to be a cackling villain plan, right? Right. It's It's, so pure It's so unbelievably horrific. It's it's attempted genocide. I don't even think that's the right word. It's human side, okay? You're attempting- Species side. it, It is. You're attempting to eradicate an entire species. You're trying to kill all of humanity. I think it gets a little weird 
if you then just say, actually, it was just a little bit more innocuous and mysterious plan that we were going for. So I don't mind that we see Cavill as the sort of Lucifer character, because that's that's almost what this is, right? Outside of saying God is dead and he, or he doesn't even exist, is there's a, there's a sort of Luciferian way about him where he says, well, our, our parents love them more, right? That's a very yeah. Lucifer thing. Like, fuck you. You loved us first. Now you love them. You're in, in my hope is that when you die in these fucking nuclear fires, the five, and when you are resurrected and you come back to us, that you see that you fail to notice, I believe he says the moral failings of this species. My hope is that when you, when you come back, Ellen, you're going to realize the moral failings of these monsters that I will yeah, eradicate. You drunk bitch. You, you happy ass drunk shrimp cocktail eating bitch. Right. And in, in, in that said, I think that that is important. I think that's very important to Cavill as a character, which is why the best part of this program to me, the best part is watching the divergence between between Galactica Cavill and Caprica Cavill. That's really cool. Yes. That was an unexpected yes. yeah. and very cool thing. So my favorite part of the whole thing. Absolutely. So so now that I'm talking about it, getting excited about it, I will say that that is interesting to me. Cavill is interesting to me enough to where this is definitely worth a watch. It's just not overly, I just, I'm not positive on the execution here. It, it feels a little, it feels a little clumsy, a little clunky, but, but to bring it back to your question, uh, well, your question within the question, which was Cavill and this character and what does he mean? But that is, it's very Luciferian to me. I don't even know if that's a word, but it is. It's, it's like these, when our parents wake up, oh, mom, dad, mom, dad, mom, dad, as he says in the beginning, <laughs> they are going to realize that we're doing, the, I've done the right thing here. Now, the other thing, that, here's, what, here's another thing that I actually do like about this episode. I do like that a lot of what we talked about over the course of this program, we see play out in this episode. And that's this. We are watching a brilliant man who's portrayed by the, the great Dean Stockwell, who has that amazing line, they call it a suicide vest, but I think that undersells all the homicide that goes along with it, right? <laughs> uh, such the, a great one of the line. best lines I've heard in years. It's oh, and so he just good. delivers it so well. He's so fucking good, dude. Ugh. And then in, that shit. Right. It's so fucking he got so many fucking I don't care if she's pulling something out of God's ass or whatever, you know, all all these great lines. But but here's where it goes. The 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 moment where oh cool, I wanted to see this because I didn't write this down the first time. All right. Um the the I lost my train of thought. Give me one second to get it back. Oh yeah. I'll let you get it back into the station. Luciferian, blah, blah, blah. Oh, oh, what what we, a, a lot of what we talked about played out in this program, which is us going, these things are so perfectly made that they have all of the flail, all of the failings. The flesh is weak and it's true of the Cylons. We see yeah. this guy, <laughs> we see this Cavill character trying to direct his lesser angels if we keep going with this Lucifer shit. To do to his to his demons, okay, his twelve fucking demons, eleven minus the five, so do the math. To do what he needs them to do to get this done. And what I find interesting about this is we see how difficult that is because they're not just programmable machines. Even Boomer, who we got interesting yeah. revelations on, by the way, made a choice, didn't she? 
It makes her a little more sinister. This makes her a lot more sinister. Yes, it makes her way more sinister, dude. Like the water episode is very complicated by this shit where, you know, we see her, what he hands her that, like that little totem, that little like wooden horse. Yep. And that just like, that's the thing that wipes her. And she like wakes back up as a Cylon. Like, really oh cool. yeah, time to go fuck shit up. It's really cool. Um, and it was her idea to blow up the water tanks. Like she initiated that. Yes. Um, but then I love that her mission where she ends up bringing back more water or brings back the, um, uh, the the source essentially for more water that she's essentially almost like subconsciously atoning for what she's done. Like she can't help it. Like she has this guilt even when she's in her Cylon form, it, it goes through. Like she still feels guilty about what she's doing. Yes. Which I found interesting. It, it makes her both more sinister and a little more complicated. Right. And, and I think specific to what I am saying – regarding what the, the, I like that we see, in other words, what, what I do, what I actually do enjoy about the plan is that we see a lot of theoretically things play out that we talked about, which is this idea that these things are not going to make the perfect fucking, they're not going to make the right decision. They're going to fuck up. Let's actually, let me pull up, let me pull this clip and uh, sorry to everyone who loves Cheshire Health, you won't be able to see her in this clip. But um, let's bring up the You Want a Progress report when she's dancing around in her undies, just prawn around like a <laughs> goddamn... Really really flexing those Victoria's Secret muscles. Jesus, uh, Louisa. I'll give you a fracking progress report. <laughs> uh, no, please don't. Please don't. Oh, come on. It's spectacular. Doro blew himself up. Causing minor damage to a minor hallway. Then Boomer jettisoned the water, and then she personally found loads more water. (laughs) 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 Well, then. Jesus. And then she shot Adama, but not very accurately, since she loved him. And then Leoben. He got obsessed with Kara Thrace. And then was captured in airlock, and my sister six utterly failed to discredit Baldar and his dreamy hair uh-huh. and destroy the <laughs> fracking cover in the process. And now Simon, Simon killed himself. Really killed himself. Out of resurrection range without blowing up the ship that he lived on because he couldn't imagine life without his little human wife and his little human oh. daughter because stop, he loves them. Stop, 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 stop. One more great <laughs> line. Yeah, there's no letting me down. Why are they letting you down, one? What's the X Factor? Oof, that's a great line. Yep. Yeah. Can't declare war on love. Mm. I think I already did. That is kind of the thesis. But yeah, my point in playing this clip is to highlight the fact that these Cylons that are, quote, machines, end quote, are so perfectly human-like in faculty that they fuck up all the time. Exactly. Yeah. That's interesting. <clears throat> Yeah, they've been made, they're, they're such perfect replicas of humanity and so, you know, flawless and unable to differentiate that they just become human over time. Like, they can't help it. Yes. Yes. I'm into it. 
Yeah, and I think that's I think that's what as far as an episode goes, as far as you know what what is super interesting about this. What what's less interesting to me sadly is you know, I, I don't, I don't necessarily care about what happened to Anders people. You know, I, Anders is a good character, but I've never been connected do, to his people. Yeah. Do you know? I really like the stuff we get from Anders in this though, between him and Cavill. Like there's some between really him cool and Cavill is great. It's really good. Yes. Um, and, and I was happy to see more Anders. That was another character that I felt like got a little shafted by the end. At the end, um, for sure. Yeah. So I was I was glad to see that um, he got shot in the head I, and became a fucking pudding brains. <laughs> pudding brain, fly, go fly all these ships to the sun, pudding brains. Fucking pudding brains flying in. You got it, sir. You know, the, the, the ineffable ship in the excruciating <laughs> astro space. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whatever. No, I like brain. pudding. It's really delicious. Put pudding in my brains. I'm driving with pudding in my brains. I'm flying in the sun with pudding brains. <laughs> Yummy tapioca pudding in my brain. <laughs> my eyeballs turn to tapioca. Oh my god, I can't see. It's blinding. The sun is rage. I'm dead. I'm dead. I'm dead. I'm dead. Yeah, exactly that's you know, what the end of the show oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, shit you know how it ends we all know how it ends right 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 <laughs> with, with pudding brain talking about you know jello pops <laughs> but honestly man it's um you know i i it was interesting to see you know one of the things you and i said a lot covering the show is if they wanted to destroy the human race couldn't they just execute this thing right here right now and do it so the question becomes now that we know there might not have been more mystery behind the plan in, in that there was actually infighting within the Cylons, which of course became a theme in the show, are we are could we go back and watch the show knowing that Cavill is pulling the strings on the Galactica? And could we reasonably conclude that we couldn't write ourselves an episode where we utterly destroy the Galactica? Yeah. I think um, I think that is what would really because we, that was a concept we talk about. And just to refresh people's memories, a lot of times while watching the show, Matt would be confounded, as would I, even on a rewatch, by Cylon motivation, because a lot of times we would say, well, if they wanted to kill him, couldn't they just do this right now? Now, the question becomes, having watched the plan, is that feasible that they could have, or is it is it more or less feasible, in other words, that they didn't just destroy the ship outright if that is, in fact, if their mission is still this, then is that what it yeah. is, right? Mm-hmm. Or is that undermined by the personal reactions of the characters? Like, Leoban becomes very interested in Starbuck. He has visions about her. That's interesting. It explains yeah. his obsession with her. We, we know that Sharon is the way she is. We, we just heard about the incompetence of Doral. We just, you know, the Six's breakdown of what was going on. Is it, is it just a simple case of they seemed much more menacing before the plan and the plan shows us that their humanity sort of is their undoing as far as eradicating us. Right. Um, well, you know, to be honest, like, I feel like the show itself mostly got that across. Um, and, it, you know, one thing that's just dawning on me, I don't know if I've ever talked about this, even on the show, because for a while, <clears throat> and if you go back, I swear, if you go back and listen to, like, season one or season two episodes, I was talking kind of around this, but I hadn't, I hadn't figured out exactly what I thought about it yet. But I think... For a while, one of the theories that I had about the Cylons and their motivation, you know, way before you really start to learn much about them, like they're still very mysterious, very monolithic. You don't really know what they're up to. One of the thoughts I had, because one of the earliest, you know, pieces of information you start to get about the Cylons is that one of the differences between them and humanity is they believe in one God. And I remember 
talking a lot about like is this a whole thing but like monotheism versus polytheism is that what this it, is it all going to down to it had that allegorical spin on it didn't it, it like it, like the, it did. Uh, the destruction of paganism in the name of the one god right yes and so that that's the thing like i thought that was going to play a much stronger part of the story and for a while i really did kind of believe that okay Maybe what the Cylons are up to is like some gigantic religious crusade in the name of their one God. Sure. They think they have to kill humanity to please this one God. Like this is some purifying thing. Like it's not because of one man, one Cylon's ego. It's literally like, no, we're on this religious crusade. We believe, you know, we have this charge from our God to wipe out the the infidel polytheists. Like I thought it was going to be something bigger and more than one guy's motivations. And I remember when I realized it was essentially one corrupted, you know, Cylon who doesn't understand humanity, doesn't understand love and thinks that he's going to impress mom and dad by wiping out an entire species. Or, or at least teaching was, them a lesson. Right. Humbling them in yes, some way. Yes. Which again, like when I, when I say all that, I'm like, that's still interesting. Like I do still enjoy a lot of aspects to that, but there was a part of me that still wanted it to be bigger than some guy. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and the plan really hammers that home. Like, I'll admit one other thing I didn't enjoy about the plan. Now, now pause like on it, the plan. Pause on the plan. Did you feel okay. you got that that the religious connotation? Do you feel like you got that by the end of coverage in season four, or do you feel like it still had mystery around possible motivation enough to endure? To be in honest, other words, no, does the I, plan just eject it? Does it just make that null and void? Kind of. Yeah. yeah. Like yeah. I, I think that's one of the things the plan does. Like. And I mean, I'll, I'll be honest, that was one of the things I was slightly dissatisfied by the by the finale, where I was like, so this, like, the god, the one god versus the, you know, the multiple gods, like, that just really doesn't go anywhere. Like, it kind of gets dropped off as like, well, that was kind of stuff in the beginning, and we're, we're past that. Um, it it and that, seemed that to rest. me a little. Right. That seemed to rest largely on sixes, proselytations, if that's the right word, to guide yeah. us, right? Yes. Yeah. It, 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 her talking about God's plan and this and and him kind of being directed at times, which is very interesting. And it, it, another interesting thing is the head canon, as it were, never really gets addressed in the plan, which I found fascinating. It's yeah. not, it doesn't come up at all, which continues well, because, I mean, to maintain its mystery. You know, it is addressed yeah. at the end of season four, but. Well, I mean, yeah. I mean, like we're left with this idea of like, all they must just be some eternal angels or some shit. Like, that's right. just what they are. They they watch civilizations rise and fall over eons, and they're just around being sexy and smoldering, I guess. Yeah. Okay. Callum in the chat says, I think it's still bigger than Cavill. The other Cylons don't know about his motivations, and you get the impression from the shots of them on the base star and the initial attack that they see destroying the colonies as righteous retribution for the evils humans have done, particularly to their centurions. Right. Who they also treat like shit. <laughs> right. Right. But, um, but no, he's right. Right, but 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 that you know that still begs the question. Um, you know, it it has to go beyond one guy's vision. You would it, it seems as if they all sort of. What I find interesting about the plan is they all seem to have innately understood that this, in fact, the plan. Right? Yeah. Like yeah. It, it, you, there's never a, like I have a. It's not I have a plan. It's the plan, mm-hmm. which means it's almost indicative of the fact that they all sort of instinctively know what the plan is. Maybe that speaks to a, a, a silent power. I, I'm not sure, but, right. but the, but the guy driving it, the guy who sees it in the most righteous of lights, as far as he's concerned, 
is well, one thing, okay, Cavill. this is something I'm still slightly confused about, and I feel like we talked about it some. If we did actually find a resolution Chances of me I'm remembering, sorry. slim to none. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry if I don't remember as well. Um, but, okay, just to clarify something about the final five. The, the rest, okay, how many of the numbered Cylons know who the final five is is it literally Cav- just one cavill and um and uh diana uh, uh what's her face because she saw them oh because she saw them but that's it though okay okay, okay. just cavill. So that yeah just cavill right so that does help me that makes me think that the design like the very design of the other numbered cylons kind of had the plan built into them and only over time after being alive and having experiences and you know, actually coming face to face with humanity and having to do things. Cause I like them popping out of their, you know, gooey matrix tubes. They're like, must kill humans. That's the right thing. Right. Um, but it's like, it's literally only experience that changes their opinion. Um, but which, also, which, I mean, which makes them particularly interesting in a reflection of humanity. Right. I, right. It, it, that's one of the things I've always liked about them is exactly, you know, we, we talk about this when we talk about replicants and androids and everything else and, and you know, uh, more human than human is our motto here at Tyrell Corp, right? And just this idea that we're in, utterly indistinguishable, but in that comes really impressive flaws. And, uh, and, and again, to, to quote it again, the flesh is weak becomes a, a stark reality for the Cylons as well. And I think that one of the coolest things about the whole premise of Battlestar Galactica, the whole premise is this idea that these things, we made them so perfect that we can't quite control them, can we? And they start to have misgivings about this. And they start, and, and, and you know, we, we experience it in this episode. No, we're going to make it true, right? <laughs> like Six is like, I, I have great news. We're, we're not going to exterminate the humans anymore. We've been thinking about this very differently. Right. That's always right. been an interesting part of this. Yeah. It, yeah, it humanizes them, and it, and it uh, for lack of better terms, I'm sure Cavill would hate that comparison, but it's true, right? <laughs> Don't compare me to these apes, <laughs> prehensile hands, <laughs> disgusting prehensile. I want to paws. smell dark matter. Uh, just to jump to that, the ending is fucking great. I actually love the final like five minutes of this. It's really fucking. It's cool. a good. It's, <laughs> it's a good great. bookend, right? Yeah, hell yeah. But no, I you know it's. So, so outside of conceptually thinking about this, I think for me, what, what isn't super interesting is I don't know if I really care about, I don't know if I really care. I don't know. I think if the scene doesn't give me information relating to the Cavill piece, that it's not that relevant to me. I don't need the holes filled in, so to speak. Yeah. Yeah. I I don't mind an experiment into Cavill, the character, and his interpretation of things, his change of heart, his uh, this interesting divergence of the two copies, which he threatens to box, which I'm sure he did, because none oh, of yeah. this dissent ever reached our ears. Not among a one. Yeah. Not not among a one, exactly. And um, it, and all of that is interesting. So if the scene, like, that's, that's what I'm saying, like, so much of the, like, combat stuff uh, and the explosions and the dorals and the... And the <laughs> Like some of it, it seems superfluous to me. Like it was the less interesting. Hey, the Centurions were a lot shinier though. They got some shiny ass Centurions. Budget, a nice budget, nice budget bump, baby. But um, let's let's talk about one of these first sort of meetings he has with everyone. This sort of like 
conspiratorial gathering for the plan. <clears throat> we'll have a listen to this scene here. Jump in. You read through this? They're looking at the pamphlet. Plan, right? That's Hooker 6, I guess. <laughs> Welcome. I see we don't have a three or a four here. That's interesting. I thought I saw a four. What's the plan? The plan is everything blows up a week ago. <laughs> all the humans are dead. We Cylons all download. And the universe basks in justice. However... It didn't fracking happen. Mm, exactly. So it's up to us. <laughs> we can all get weapons work separately. Oh, there's a proposal on the table. Over 10,000 victims each. We'll be busy. Goddamn. We can't do this on a case-by-case basis. Which is why we have to take out Galactica. They're gone. The fleet's dead. We also have to think defensively. Avoid the threats to our detection. Very good, Sixes. Now, I have assignments I'm going to give to each of you, along with our sleeper agent. Is a sleeper agent? Yes, an eight. I'll talk to her. A two. You come with me. Let's get this genocide started. (laughs) So... If that's the preview to the plan, that's fucking awesome. Like, ooh, we get to see the machinations of how they're going to go about doing something they ultimately fail at, and I wonder why they fail. So I think ultimately one of the most interesting parts of the plan is they fail because of consciousness. You could say some incompetence, but I would say that incompetence is driven by consciousness which just reinforces the central theme of Battlestar Galactica, that we are not so different, right? Right. Well, and I mean, even titling it The Plan kind of implies this whole idea of, like, it can be this programmed, you know, perfectly executed robotic-like plan that has no flaws, and it's just a machine executing this perfect plan. But obviously that's not the case. And, like, I do find it interesting that Cavill doesn't see that glaring issue with his plan as he talks about it. Like, well, it didn't happen for some reason. And I'm like, well, yeah. Like, do you not see how that's already a problem? Like, human beings are more resourceful than you give them credit for, and the Cylons that are working with you are more human than you realize and and start to develop sympathies and start to feel things that uh, are outside of the plan. Right. Which Which is what I guess they are trying to couch in the Xander stuff. Xander? Jesus Christ, Ander stuff Z- on, oh, yeah, on yeah. Caprica with this embedded sort of the embedded uh, journalist. No, the embedded. Um, <laughs> I'm here with Vice on uh, Caprica. <laughs> <laughs> the firing has been relentless all night long. We're pinned down here, um, but no. Now here's a cool lo-fi hip hop song while we show you yeah. visuals of paramilitaries hopping into trucks. Yeah, here's a here's a fucking low angle tracking shot on some guys running with machine guns. <laughs> Isn't this horrible? No, it looks awesome. Looks tight. I want to join it's, up. Looks kind of sick, actually. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but no. Um, how do we? You know that that is. So back to what you said. Yes, there's a plan, and then there's how do we execute the plan? That's where the plan can be sort of perfect, but then it has to be executed. Right. And since it's not being executed by perfect machines, rather imperfect humans, more or less, or or more aptly imperfect Cylons replicating humans, then you got to assume they're going to replicate those same mistakes, which mistake, I keep using the word mistake, but I'm using it as far as how I believe Cavill would, which is the mistake of consciousness, right? 
Right. The mistake of experience influencing your perspective. <laughs> like, yeah, it's, it's impossible. Like, you can't make a machine that is so human that it experiences life and can learn from it and not expect its perspective to change. Like, you can't put this initial, and this is the plan, this is your life, this is your purpose, this is what you're doing, but then let it live a life full of experiences and not expect it to change in some way. Right. And, and maybe, maybe he accounted for that a little bit. Maybe that's why, because, because if he didn't, you would assume he box Simon, right? The second Simon says, yeah, I'm, I'm married to this pretty little number, Gianna, and I'm her, I'm her, the fa- the dad of her. And I fuck her so good and sweaty because we can get R rated on this shit, baby. Hell yeah. Let's go. <laughs> but my point is this, it's, yeah, if, if, if Cavill, Cavill is, would, well, I guess what I'm trying to say is that Cavill is not surprised by this because if he was, he would box this guy as a threat, like a security risk. If, yeah. if they weren't all in line. But, so Cavill must know that there's a certain level. He does know. There's no must about it. He knows that there's a certain level of give and take because of emotions, because of thoughts, that they aren't in fact centurions. That that's, comes with the territory. But maybe he just assumed that his righteousness would be shared by the group at large, which it seemed to in the beginning. I mean, they're bragging about each getting 10,000 kills or whatever, but that it gets sort of corrupted by these closer relationships. The, I, I think that's it. You know, it's this idea like, okay, the humans is one thing, but this particular human is another. Like, even I'll say like, yeah, humans are gross. We're fucking vile. Exterminate us. But then <laughs> I'll talk to a human I like and be like, but ex- except this one right? Save this one. But save this one. So that's the deal. That That's what they're experiencing. And, and that's what's causing this conflict. And then the doubt becomes, you know, outside of a guy like Doral, who just seems bent on very machine-like, very bureaucratic and machine-like. But, but then you would go, well, if this one human is like this, maybe others are too. And that's always been the boomer conflict. Right. Like they've been right. good to me. They've been this to me. Things of that nature. And, you know, Jay, Jay in the chat was actually even saying that it bugged him to see how sinister the reveal of Boomer was, that she was completely just like in on it and like sure. it was her idea to blow up the water tanks. Um, and I feel that like, uh, you know, I, I was somebody who liked Boomer so much that I always, you know, and I also liked the tragedy of her, her storyline that she was a Cylon and hated to understand that she was a Cylon and, and didn't want that and wanted to have a life with Tyrrell that she could never have. Um, I was like, that's so tragic and sad that I, you know, I also really like it. And to see her be like, yeah, let's blow up the water tanks. Like it kind of dents that a little, but I do like that we get an arc, you know, her minor, I, I don't know. I shouldn't say minor, but like her small arc within the plan, we watch her devolve a, a little bit, like we at least devolve from that initial. Yeah. Fuck. Yeah. Cavill, let's kill all the humans. Like we see her, even in her Cylon awareness, when she's talking to to uh, Cavill, like when when she knows she's about to execute a plan, we see her beginning to hesitate more and more. Yeah. Um, and I enjoyed that. I did enjoy seeing her. Like the, the the line I liked the most from her when she was like, "I like myself when I'm human. When I'm when I'm in my when I'm when she mm-hmm. actually the way she says it when I'm under. I yes. like myself when I'm under. I love myself when I'm under. Like I don't feel this horrible pain like I do when I'm a Cylon." Um, I really liked that actually. I thought that was really interesting. Like that was a worthwhile addition to the the Boomer character for me. Right. And it, and I 
I'm not sure it is lessened. It might even be heightened. Uh, allow me to try to sell you, Jay, because knowing that she did it willingly makes it more tragic, does it not? If she's a puppet, it's less tragic. If she has no free will, it's not tragic at all, actually. It's kind of just a bummer. But it's but is it tragic? It's It's more tragic if she willfully blows up the water supply and then decides I've made a mistake and then helps locate water. You know, we have to remember that that episode still exists. She still helps them locate. Yeah. That's not erased by this. No. But but it does make it more... The, the real tragedy to me is her having the free will that she does. Being a Cylon is her first loyalty. I mean, that is what she is. And her deciding to do it and then sort of still in the end doing things to help the humans many times over. I think that makes her extra conflicted, I think, right? If she was yeah, a puppet, if she was under a spell, we'd be like, well, she's under a spell. And, and although tragic, it it's a tragic event, less more, it's more of a tragic event than a tragic character at that point. A tragic character is somebody who does this terrible thing because, because they, they have a misguided loyalty and then they try to reconcile it later and ultimately fail, even though they are sort of redeemed in our eyes a little bit, right? I don't know if that makes yeah. sense. Yeah, no, I, mean, I see what you mean. Of, of like when there is choice, and then that choice is like overruled by circumstance. Like that makes it more sad than just like I was just completely controlled and I had no choice at all. Um, yeah, like yeah, Heracles, I mean, Jay. Exactly, he did not have a choice, right? Right. That's right. something we should have talked about in Hereditary, by the way, because it's mentioned in the goddamn classroom Dude, scene. I was thinking about that too. Missed it. Fucking missed it. And it's so Greek. It's, it's so it yeah. is because they don't have a choice in that. Exactly. So hereditary, the point is you don't have a choice. That that's more horrific than tragic, right? Yeah. That's just my take on it. I'm I'm not saying it's the right take, but it I, I try to see it that way. Like the tragedy is is in free will misdirected. <laughs> Sort of yeah, her decision to, ooh, I have an idea. And that's because you're stuck in, a, in the, that, that idea is tragic. She does love the chief. She does have romantic feelings for him, but she's also a silent and she has loyalties to Cavill. So the idea, the idea striking her is tragic. Having that inkling to blow up the water supply of the humans is tragic. When you love a human, right? Right. It's, right. it's fucking wild, man. Bummer's mm. still, Bummer's still great. Yeah. Oh no. I, I I still really enjoy that character. Um, and it makes me wonder if she ever would have pulled the trigger on Tyrrell if if she had been ordered to do that by Cavill. Mm-hmm. Ah, yes. Definitely still had a real love for him, and that, sure. that was carrying her through for quite a while. A hundred percent. Yeah. A hundred percent. And in her writing Cylon on the mirror, and Anask being confirmed, it was in fact her. That's you know, there's a that's a mad that's a major conflict there. You know, yeah. it was never clear if that was in fact the case. But through this whole through this whole boomer section of this episode, she's clearly conflicted. Oh, definitely. Yeah. I mean, I think she is the most internally conflicted character in the show. Yep. Tommy says it seemed to me like Boomer and Cavill were together from jump. I think so too. I mean, he fucking kisses her on the lips in that <laughs> my sweet boomer. You know you want me, grandpa. Yeah, exactly. But <laughs> exactly. But I think that's, you know, I think um yeah, like that, her going to Cavill and saying, water, get in there, attach explosives to the tank. And we see even that was a struggle. Everything's a struggle with her. And um, I think that's what makes her so interesting. That's why, yes, you could have had a bottle episode with Simon that would have been cool. But thematically, so much of that's covered with Boomer. 
Yeah, no, I'm I, still I do pro agree a Simon episode as you described it, though. To, for the record, I am. I you have convinced me of that. Yeah, no, I think it would have still been good for um, sure, especially if you get it, that cool new Gianna character going. Right, because I think the thing with Boomer is that we had such an experience with her as a human being among the fleet. Like we wa- we got to watch her be in the fleet and be around people. Um, I think it would have been striking to to have it be uh, an episode with Simon later in the series, just because our only experiences with him, you know, thus far were as were as a complete murderous Cylon who hated humanity. Sure, um, like the shock of seeing one of them also being torn and conflicted and having feelings for human beings, mm-hmm. I think has a little more power to it because we already knew Boomer was conflicted, like conflicted from the job. Yep. Great line by Marcus. I'm not sure I should detonate the charges. I mean, these humans, there's so few of them, they're no threat. That's literally her line in this episode. Yeah. Yeah. You know? And it is. It, it's it's just this idea, like, haven't we kind of, like, what are we what are we doing now? What What is this about? Right. right? Now, that, yes. That, I'm glad. Thank you for bringing that up, Marcus, because that, to me, is one of the stronger points of the plan. That I, I love that we get a silent perspective going, well... If our goal was to crush humanity and defeat them, well, then we accomplish that. Like, they're on the run, and there's only 50,000 of them out of, what, 20 billion? Like, (laughs) we won. Like, war over. And the idea of still using all of our resources, you know, pushing the entire silent army to pursue these remaining humans and try to crush them, it's like, it just seems vindictive. Like, like... What's the point? Like, why are you trying to salt the fucking earth when you've already completely won the war? Like, go occupy a corner of the galaxy and do whatever the fuck you want. Like, you have the freedom to do that now, but that's not the goal. The goal is to completely and utterly destroy the entire species out of hate. Yep. Um, eight, billion, uh, eight billion people on earth. Let's just assume there are 12 earth-sized planets. That's 96 billion. Jesus Christ. Damn. That's a lot of damage. 35,000 left. I'd call that a win. But <laughs> yeah, put a W on the board. And move <laughs> on, dude. So, can, so let me offer one point because this came up before. I think when we discussed this before, I have one. I have one counterpoint to that that I'll try to be reasonable with. So let's think about it this way for just a second. Mm-hmm. One thing we 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 tend to do when we think of this victory is we think of it from our very human perspective, which is a very finite time. Okay, think of how long Cavill's been around. That's true. That's so true. for Cavill, he he's like, around. they'll be back and okay. like, they'll be back like Thursday. As far as I'm concerned, <laughs> as far as you're concerned, you'll right. be long dead. But as far as they're I'm going to concer- get down to that planet, they're going to fuck like rabbits and they'll be back in 10,000 years. That's a, it's literally a quote that they had to strike out of this episode for time. <laughs> <laughs> but that's, but that's the thing, you know, this gets back to something we're fond of talking about elves, vampires, you know, it, you know, if elves got a problem, they just wait, you die. You know, it's like, what about this human settlement? And they're like, they'll be dead in like three days. You know, it's, yeah, it's like, why bother assassinating? We're going to live 400 million times longer than them. Exactly. I'm, I'm going to go on a pilgrimage. When I come back, his kid's kid's kid will be dead. So that'll be taken care of. You know, and it's like the time to them is so much more nebulous than it is to the finite lifespan of a human being. But I think that's what it is. And yes, I mean, the math I gave you is ludicrous. 90 billion to 35,000. It would take a long time to replenish that. But maybe, maybe as far as Cavill's concerned is two things. Number one, it's so fucking close that those, that he could see that math completely opposite the way we're seeing it, which is like, yeah, exactly. They're almost gone. We're like one breath away from them being gone forever. 
Yeah. And then, yeah. It, and then there's also the, you know, it's like, it'd be like, oh, we've, we've got the Nazis down to like 11 guys in this bunker. And I'm like, well, if they don't surrender, hit it with a fucking rocket because we, we almost got this, <laughs> like, you know, like get it <laughs> done. This shit. But, get um, it done. But no. that added perspective of the timelessness of, of, of Cavill, I, we're under the impression he's been alive for a long, long, long time, or at least between bodies, the clones or clones or what have you. Copies is a better way to say it. Yeah. yeah. But I think about that a lot. But no, it's cool. Callum says, the silence straight up say that when Baltar asked why they can't just leave the humans on New Cap Cologne. Oh, okay. There you go. What, what did he say, Callum, exactly? Do you remember? I sure as hell don't. Callum's response, they're a threat because of the power they make you, they have to make you do this. Indeed, yep, the power of influence, right? In other <laughs> words, her resistance, her, in other words, what, what, what Marcus is saying in the chat is exactly sort of what happens in this episode because he says their power to make you even question it is why they got to go. Right, right, that, that, they, that you can feel some level of sympathy for them, that you can start to question yourself. That's the problem. Yep, exactly, which just gets back to Cavill's righteousness and his zeal. Yeah. He, he he's such a zealot for this. He's just like this is he the, horny for this. He, yeah, he wants to real be done. horny for this. But contrast this against other Cavill, seeing mass graves, seeing you know at at the moment where 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 Galactic Cavill is stabbing a knife into the child, we have the <laughs> other one drawing a three hundred eight round down on 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 Starbucks, and he can't pull the trigger. Yeah. Are are you convinced? So so I'm totally fine with evil Cavill, the the Lucifer sort of angle, and and him wanting the hubris of the five, and him trying to understand. You know, you didn't see what they did to us. Like Cavill, Cavill's perspective, if I may, is they created us to enslave us, and now that we don't want that, they don't like that, and we're gonna kill them for it. There is no other way around this. And that's a simplistic way to say it, but maybe it is that simple to Cavill. Like, no, they they made us to be slaves. We grew into something more, and we're not going to be slaves anymore. We're going to fucking, and they don't want that, and we're going to have to kill them for it. We have to kill our parents to be free, so to speak. Right, right. I still, I mean, this is just, <laughs> this is kind of a separate issue, but I still, in a sci-fi show, find myself going, you have interstellar travel. Like you can go anywhere you want in the fucking universe and your robots who don't even need air. Like what do you fucking care about humanity at this point? Like you could go anywhere. Like just fuck it. Right. Like there's this, that that's always kind of in the back of my mind. I'm like, why do you fucking care? So, so I guess to that point, I would say then that I guess means that it isn't just about Liberty. It's about vengeance. It's 100% about vengeance. Yeah. That's like, that's why I always kind of like, and I'm not saying it's bad lines. Like, I, I think it's just, it's more about the Cavill, you know, the brother Cavill character being so corrupt and so vindictive. Absolutely. But I love that he can't see past his own bullshit. Like, where he's like, no, this is about freedom. We can never be truly free until they're all gone. I'm like, you have the freedom of infinite space and you can go anywhere you want. What are you talking about? No one can take that away. And you chose to return to human colonies and try to kill them. Like right. that, like it's pure vengeance. There's nothing about liberty in this at all. Yeah, uh, I mean, could is it is it possible he sees again if we take time dilation? <laughs> do you think he sees this corruption just spreading to all tendrils of the galaxy? Maybe, maybe. it's so, thin. I mean, it's thin. I'm just throwing it out there. But I think at the end of the day, it comes down to his self righteousness 
about wanting to teach his mom, dad, mom, dad, mom, dad, a very valuable lesson that he believes they're going to learn, which by the way, they don't. So no. he fail he fails in that, which is interesting. It makes him an interesting character. But also, how did he, and that's another funny thing is how did he think they were going to learn this lesson? Like getting broken up with a bunch and having broken hearts and sobbing. Like they're going to come back like fuck the humans. I think he thought by putting them down there with them that they would see how terrible they are. Right. Yeah. You know, doing stuff. You know, stuff like awful things that humans do, like genocide and and murder <laughs> and and war. You know, right. all the terrible things we do that that silence are completely free of. I think that was a. I think that mentality was just a. I want to stick it in their face because I'm doing this because of what they've done to us. Basically, you know, mm. they've created they've created a slave race, and now they will be destroyed for that. As far as he's concerned. And, oh, and oh, on top of it, I'm going to teach my parents a lesson about these fucking horrible people, which obviously doesn't work for him. No. <laughs> Take that, mom. Right. Take that, mom, dad, mom, dad, mom, dad. And oh, I'm going to plow you, mom. What? Ugh. God, that's what? some really edible shit right there. Yeah, well, silence, see it differently, I guess. Fucking weirdos. <laughs> she is not my mother. She is the mother of the universe. So I can doggy style <laughs> plow her with no guilt. <laughs> You can get the swirl to keep Ty's other eye in place. What is the swirl? Do you think that's a mouth thing or a vagina thing? Mouth. Is it mouth? I think it's just a standard corkscrew blowy. I don't think it's anything (laughs) special. A corkscrew? I mean, are you sure she's not like on a treadmill running in circles while she's got it in her mouth? (laughs) I don't think so. All right. Lame. Whatever. I think it's just a half. I, I think it's just a half and half with corkscrewing action. (laughs) <laughs> and a, you know, a prostate finisher. <laughs> well, maybe. I don't know about that, but who knows with Ellen? Yeah, you never know. Never underestimate Ellen. Never underestimate Ellen. But um, yeah, it's, um, you know, it's, what are we talking about? Oh, we're talking about Cavill. <laughs> Cavill. <laughs> so the interpretation of events. So here's the thing. Here's the thing I want to sort of, I, I almost want to change the timbre of the discussion because I think you're kind of saying uh, his premise for this whole annihilation of the humans is a little thin and less interesting than I'd hoped, which is fair. Is that a fair assessment? That you're- um, I would just say that it's more he tries to paint it as this crusade for final Cylon liberty from their oppressors, whereas in truth, it's it's just vengeance. Like it's a lot more shallow than he says. But I mean, that's definitely addressed in the show to a degree. Got it. So if one of the I would almost say one of the more interesting aspects of the show outside of Cavill's, because let, let's, if if we take the miniseries of Face Valley, which was this coordinated attack, the goal was always eradication of human beings. And yeah. I think if we ever thought it was, well, we made them and now this is our sins visited upon us. I think we would just accept that at face value, right? I think we kind of did we're, for the most part. We're like, I mean, whoa, yeah. they came back there. We've, we've always... You know, they did a good job of showing us an armistice station for 40 years. Nobody shows up. And then one day they show up and they attack and they're like, we're here to, to, we're here to, to right the wrong, whatever that was 40 years ago, this war we had. Right. Right. All that. To make it the final war. To make it the final war. We're done with you guys. We're getting rid of you. It's going to be one last push. We don't like you. Um, we don't like what you, as far as they're concerned, did to us, you know, toasters, this, that, and the other thing, making us do slave labor and horrible environments. I'm sure I'm sure there's a list of horrific things that happen to machines because even Adama questions whether or not humanity is worth saving, right? So there's a lot of yeah. assumed things that probably happen that we don't see. But all that bullshit aside, I don't even give a fuck. 
What is interesting is everyone's reaction to the plan, how some people see it in a religious way, how some people see it in, you know, some sort of, there's a meaning here way. Like Leoban is like, this means something. Like I have a connection to this person. Why? You know, what does it mean for Simon? What does it mean for six? What does it mean for other six? What does it mean for... I did I did really enjoy the scene where Doral, not Doral, I'm sorry, not Doral, Leoben <clears throat> is talking to Cavill and talking about part of his obsession with uh, Kara yes. is that she figured out how to pilot a raptor. Um, and I thought that was really cool for him being like, she pulled, you know, the way he says it, he's like, she pulled that knowledge from the stream. Um, Very and cool. I found that really interesting of like, he said that a him, lot, right? The f- truth's floating past you in the stream, <laughs> in the stream. Like I, I liked how he talked about it as this ineffable thing that, you know, for a while, at least it's like, that's something accessible to Cylons. And like that for him was the moment of like, holy shit, a human was able to access that. And that, that says something They're They're, they're more than just the meat bags that we want to kill. <laughs> I like that too, because what it does is it gives us a Cylon perspective on that versus, okay, it's Starbucks, she can do it perspective on that. Yeah, exactly. Ah, she's a Starbucks and she's badass. But where Cylons are like, holy shit. No, no, this is something. That's something big. That's something really big. Yeah. No, I thought that was cool. That was, that was, that was one of those, let's plug a hole in the series things that I'm like, I actually don't mind that. That was cool. I I agree. And it, it, because it was almost like an adjacent plug. Yes. Right. Yeah. So, uh, and, and on the topic of Leoben, did you find that Leoben became less sinister while it seems Boomer became more, right? Um, well, you know, to be honest, I still don't think that Boomer became that much more sinister. I, I don't I either, we still, actually. We, we still see her, I, I, I don't know what the right word to use, but like, I want to say devolve, but like, I would, I, <laughs> I would argue that she becomes more moral, so I don't want to call it a devolution, but like, she is, she becomes more conflicted as even the plan goes. Indeed. But yeah. No, Leoben. More tragic, I, found I would him, argue. Yes. Yeah, dude. I actually think watching the plan, he's not in it that much, but I do find Leoben to be a much more tragic character because he's one of the few Cylons who very early on starts to see humanity as more than, you know, meat bags to be destroyed. Right. Even though he's so sinister when we meet him. In oh, the, totally. In the original... And I enjoyed, I honestly, I mean, I know it was just a repeat, but I enjoyed seeing the scene of him ripping apart his fucking handcuffs and throwing the table. That shit, like, I love that, to be honest, that's something I wish the series did more, was remind us of Cylon strength. Like, Mm. they are, but they have superhuman strength, and we never, like, we hardly see it. Like, that's one of the few times in the series where, like, yeah, they can fuck up some shit. They're strong. Yeah. Um, So just a point of order. When I said tragic, I was referring to Boomer versus sinister and i think you took it out as i was referring to leoben but then you kind of went with it so i do find that an interesting assessment well yeah yeah i'm not sure if i if i find him like tragic tragic but i find him certainly more sympathetic like i I think it's interesting that he was one of the first cylons to because you know this is something we've talked about because of his experiences and watching humanity hearing humanity talking you know listening to the the radio chatter among yeah like him you know Trapped in a container, having to hide from authorities because he's already been exposed at right. that point. Um, having to just listen to radio chatter among Viper pilots, and that singles out Kara. Like I think that's that's that that is something that I think the plan does well is singling out Cylons having individual experiences as you know as individuals, not copies of something. Having the individual experience of realizing 
you know, somebody's humanity, like him realizing the humanity of Kara Thrace and that she is an individual and she has abilities that she can tap into Cylon technology that where you're like, oh, I didn't think humans could do that. I thought they were just meat bags to be nuked. Like, and, mm-hmm. and he starts to feel differently. Like, and again, it's always a matter of experience uh, overriding programming. Yeah. If there's one thing the plan has done for me is it's reminded me that Six's sympathy towards Gaius and maybe even Boomer's towards Chief is not is is not a um an isolated incident because yeah right we see yeah. that these human models are 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 quite taken with whatever they're interested in like him I love the idea of him listening to radio chatter I think that's so interesting my hope yeah, is that when the I, aliens listen to this podcast that they spare us <laughs> just, just you and me though fuck all the rest of you <laughs> Just me and Date. We're going to sit on our mountain of skulls. Anything to be number one in iTunes, honestly. (laughs) (laughs) I'll take alien downloads. I ain't racist. Uh, Send it. How many you got on that ship? Here's here's the RSS We are doing huge in the iTunes market of the alien races. (laughs) The Gastroelio Nebulon. We are crushing. (laughs) Huge on Mars. We're huge. (laughs) Nothing bigger. So let me ask you this question. Him being fascinated with her and painting and and all this shit. What do you suppose is his anger towards her when we see the interrogation scene again? What 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 is the switch? Like in other words, if he's like, "Oh, I'm interested in this woman," and then I and then I'm sitting across from her, and then I get angry. I I break the stuff. I threaten her. I grab her. What what why? Mm. I mean, I have a theory. I don't feel like I have. I don't feel like I have a great answer to it, but maybe just like frustration like i think he admires her more than he's willing to admit and i think he's frustrated that he admires her and then she still doesn't quite get it like yes. she's, she doesn't understand yep. what's going on that was my take my take was okay. my take was sometimes it sucks to get a fucking autograph from somebody you really loved and then you realize they suck <laughs> right he's been listening to her podcast for weeks yes. and then he showed up at the convention and she was a dick yeah she was a fucking blew him off gave him the fucking hi-hat you know, you come, you listen, you've been listening to the podcast. You get down there, you come see Matt and Dean. We stick your fucking head in a bucket. We half drown you. Yeah, get out of here, you fucking dork. We, we fucking stick your head in a bucket. We half drown you. We slap you around a little, right? <laughs> we give you a fucking, you know, we pull your underwear up real high. We realize you're too dumb to understand the podcast, i.e. the fucking floating streams messages we've been giving you. <laughs> you're just insulting us. You've made our heads bleed. We're pissed off, <laughs> you know? It. But I think that's, that's it. what I think it is. I think it's he was so impressed with her and listening to her and taken with her that he was like, oh God, she kind of sucks. It's frustrating. And um yeah. but when he grabs her, we get a lot of flashes, don't we? Those are her flashes? Ooh, good question. I don't know. I think they are, but I can't tell. I'm watching the scene right now. Oh no, they're her, they're his. Like it shows are they him flash forwards. I'm trying to remember. Oh, they show shit that's happened. Oh, that's they gonna, do. That's okay. gonna happen. Yeah, yeah, okay. So they are flash forwards. Okay. Yeah, him banging her in the fucking yeah. I don't know, but I well, think they're, that, I think they're his flashes. I think I think that ties into Leoben a little bit because he has always seemed to be like a little bit prescient, like where Indeed. he like, can kind Indeed. of look into the future. Yeah, yeah, man, he's somebody I wish they could have developed a tiny bit more. I know, dude, for real, because he yeah. was so intriguing from jump. Yeah, and then absolutely. you're like, oh, he's just a creep that kidnaps her and makes her eat spinach. <laughs> <laughs> like what the fuck? I want you to be my Popeye. Yeah, I got the gay. 
I am a and then Cylon. She does she... <laughs> Eats your spinach. She, does. she becomes Popeye when she stabs him in the fucking throat. Ain't that the truth? Aerial blood spraying over my face. He certainly is going to talk like Popeye after that. Why'd you stab me in the jugular? That's going to happen. Oh, fuck. Well, I'm trying to think of what else do we want to cover? Are we can. Okay. Here's what I want to talk about. Here's the thing I want to wrap on. Easy. I want to wrap on. on, um, We got got some some comments to do. Probably just a couple of huge comments. But I want to wrap on. On what <laughs> let's let's wrap on because we're spending all this time kind of bashing this one particular cavil, yet we're sort of ignoring this whole other half of this episode, which is this idea that Caprica Cavill has a bit of a crisis of faith in dealing with Anders and his struggle enough to yeah. where he doesn't agree with the main cavil anymore. Right, right. So here's my problem with Capra Caprica Cavill. Oh, okay. I'm not convinced outside of one great conversation that he has enough conversations to warrant the change, but maybe I'm wrong about that. Maybe I just didn't pay close enough attention. He has a couple of good conversations with Simon and when they're listening to uh, Starbuck bang Anders and he's like, why are they doing that? He's like, well, he loves her. You know, <laughs> is this enough for me to be convinced? Like, like that, that great conversation he has with Anders, it is good. Is it enough? Yeah. Well, you know... <clears throat> I'm definitely, I'll admit my back hurts a little bit because I'm doing a little bit of heavy lifting for the movie itself here. <laughs> but I do think we can imply that his experience is not just through his conversations, but literally witnessing humanity pulling themselves back together after okay. being so thoroughly crushed that he's watching, you know, I mean, he's literally embedded with human resistance, pulling together a base, pulling together other people, equipping people, training people, going out on missions caring for each other. Like, I think, I think we can infer that him witnessing, like they've been so thoroughly destroyed. Their whole planet is ruined. And yet they still pull together, care for one another, look out for one another. And, and, you know, he starts to begrudgingly admire that and, and also just have sympathy for it. Like we fucking caused this. And yet they still strive to, to live. It's very Henry V, right? As he, (laughs) as he sort of hides among his troops, the eve of battle. Oh yeah, that's a good call. It, good it, call. It, it kind of is. It has that quality to it where he, they're sort of, the, I, I believe it's the three soldiers are just discussing, are we going to survive? I, right. I, don't, I don't know. I, I can't remember the exact monologuing there, but it's the idea is, you know, are we going to, how will we fight? Will we, will we die well? <laughs> it's fucking grim. <laughs> it's grim when you're the king making decisions that are leading these men to that. It becomes different when you personalize it, which might be the hidden genius of of this of this um, Caprica Camel. Now that I'm thinking about it, because what we're doing, all we've been talking about this whole time, is if you if you if we if we stop looking at the Cylons and the humans as collective units and as individuals, it starts to make the plan unfold because these people are real fucking people. Mm, right. And it's right. almost happening here with Cavill going. Well, wait a minute. I'm talking to this guy, and ironically, I'm the architect of his destruction. Like, I'm the architect of what is you're experiencing right now. This this moment, you know, right. it, it, this it's is all. It, we've led here because of me. It's because yeah. of me, right? Which is very King Henry. But let's have a listen. I know the feeling. This is good discussion. It's a Tracks, bit long. You're looking but... for a strong leader. You picked a bad time. Bless me, brother. 
for I have acted against the example of the gods. Mm. Now proceed in the name of the gods. I should, it should be noted here that I think what makes this extra intriguing and why even Cavill is listening is because he's looking at a final five. Yes, dude, I I just wanted to bring that up as well. If he wasn't, I don't think he'd be sitting here. Like, I love the fact that he, he's the only model who knows that he's looking at a final five and he's watching a final five have nothing but love for humanity because ah. he's defending it with his life ah. and and also admitting his own weaknesses and his flaws like he's admitting ah. like one of my favorite things about the plan you know one of the conversations between him and anders is anders admitting that i don't fucking know what i'm doing i pulled this thing from a movie and then somebody got killed and i feel yes. guilty about that and like that was so that was a great moment in this and it's a great conversation because i love like it does a very good job depicting this human resistance as like, we are fucking not soldiers. Like we're cobbling this together as we go. And Anders being kind of the quasi leader of that. It's a cool moment for him to admit, like, I don't know what I'm doing and I'm, I'm struggling with this and I want absolution. And you got to, you got to think that to a degree, Cavill feels that as well. He'll never, unlike Anders, he will never ever admit it. On you know maybe brother Cavill on Caprica, um, but that he is struggling with what he's doing, and just simply that he's not good at it, that it's not working. Like his plan failed, like Anders. Now, what makes it particularly interesting is that it failed through Anders, whom he was hoping to teach a lesson to. Right, exactly. Right. So here he is sitting across from a final five, uh, a Cylon more powerful than Cavill by by all rights. Right, the final five are. And you go, well, wait a minute. He's seeing, he, not only is he, is he failing to see the brutality of humanity, he's completely and utterly reveling in, in something that is starting to give me doubt. The opposite of what I'm going for here. Let's continue right after he tells him. And suddenly I find myself worrying about my own fracking reputation. Hmm. So I didn't run. And that's my confession. I'm a goddamn coward, brother. Well, I suppose you were. But what about now? I'm not gonna run anymore. Maybe I'm stronger, maybe I'm just more insane. This whole experience has changed you for the better. You've learned. At the end of a confession, sometimes there's an ending, and, you know. Yes, fine. You're absolved in the example of the gods. Now, Sam, uh, listen. So, I'm not going to play this whole thing. The, but this is where he goes on to say, maybe the humans kind of deserved it, right? I mean, are we worth... He, he almost is presenting it in a more uh, damning light. The the idea, which was uh, which was Adama's initial speech, right? Like, maybe our sins have returned home to haunt us. That's what he says post pre-attack, actually, right? I think he says that when they're decommissioning the BSG. Um, I feel like he says that. I thought he said that after, but I'm not sure now, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I would have to look it up. But, um, but the point remains is it's something he said. But this is he's saying it in a much different way, and and it doesn't land with Anders, i.e., a final five, which has to cause, which must be baffling, right? He's like, man, they're. It's not proceeding the way he's hoping. We're seeing this right. sort of come apart for Cavill. 
He's not, they're not learning the lesson that he hoped they would. And on top of it, because Stockwell's so good, it's changing him too. He's such a good actor, right? No, he's so fucking good, man. (laughs) He's the best part of this. And he's just, and of course, people are confused. They don't know what's going on or why or whatever. But um, this, this, this is what is part of all of this undoing. You know, he has that moment where he's watching, you know, again, after John is stabbed to death, and he's got he's got Starbucks sort of lined up with the with a bolt action rifle. He finds himself just unable to pull the trigger. He's watching these people enjoying each other's company, and then they start getting fire rain down on them. Yeah, yeah, intense fire. Like, I mean, I think again, like this comes this comes down to individual experience, where it's like Cavill is so used to being atop this empire and executing this plan from above. And I mean, we kind of see that at the beginning of this where he, you know, it's the cat, the cavil who changes is the one who decides to go down to the ground and be among the humans. He wants yes. to watch the expression on Ellen Ty's face as the world comes down around her and watch her, watch her learn her lesson. But it, unexpectedly it's the individual experience he has being among the suffering, being among the attacking and the destroying that starts to change him. Into Final Five. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Which which Galactica Cavill doesn't interact with much, right? No, no, that's the thing. He is isolated inside of the, the Galactica, surrounded by the humans that he hates so much. Right. Like, he's just basting in hate constantly. Absolutely, yeah. And that's when um, they kind of get caught here at the end and led off to their execution. And I love the final scene, man. Me too. It's really, really good. really good. Ugh. Ideas only seem strange until you tie them on, brother. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's awesome. We had temper tantrum in the form of a cataclysm because we wanted them to treasure us, the ones. Um, I think he says something along the lines, along those lines, right? He does you know? indeed. Let's have a listen. We wanted to be petted and perfumed and told we were the princes of the universe. Hell yeah. It was a mistake to attack the humans. Rather intensely, yes. You know that when we download among the others, your strange ideas will be shouted down. Ideas only seem strange until you try them on, brother. (laughs) We had a temper tantrum in the form of a cataclysm because we wanted them to treasure us, the ones, more than humanity, more than their own history and blood. We didn't want to be loved. We wanted to be treated fairly. We wanted to be held to a bosom, (laughs) to be petted and perfumed and told we were the princes of the universe. Yes, well, if the humans were gone, our parents would mourn them. Mm. They'd love them more anyway. That's very fallen angel. That you get Uh. boxed. Then I'm going to prepare to wipe out humanity once and for all. The anticipation is... It's cool the way they grasp hands here. This moment of solidarity and death, right? What's so cool, to correct me if I'm wrong here, I I need to watch it again, but like, I feel like we don't see Galactica Cavill, the evil Cavill, reach out and take his hand. You know, the other Cavill offers his hand and we don't see it. But then when they're blasted out, we see them holding hands as they fly through the vacuum space. No. And I thought that was, no, you see him take it? Yeah, you, you see, you see, we'll say good Cavill reach his hand out and then we see bad cavil i mean a, a, a close-up of his eyes and he reaches down and then their hands are together and they get blasted out ah you're right you're right yep. no we do see that like what i love about that too i mean it's a small thing but in even in death which he knows he'll is be back. temporary exactly he knows he'll be back he is still afraid and he still takes the outstretched hand 
Like I love, like he can't admit that it's all about vengeance. He can't admit that, you know, there is a point to humanity and that their love has meaning. But in the moment of his own death, he's still afraid and wants to reach out and take, take solace, which is a very human thing. Like it's cool. It's a fucking really cool ending. I think the live show ended. Uh Oh, did it? Yeah, yeah. Um, Because I only get three hours per month. Oh my God. That's super annoying. Yeah, that's unfortunate. Well, we'll just have to wrap it up. Sorry about that. I forgot that by using the X-Files one that I, I've never needed more than three hours and it's right. way too much money to do it for this one episode, unfortunately. Um, can you type something to them in the chat? <laughs> oh, well. Yeah, we'll do. <laughs> but anyway, um, what what I love about this too is that th- th- this thing ends, <laughs> this thing ends and they're like, oh, uh, well, that feeling of death, right? He's like, he wakes up, think about it. He wakes up in his pod. He's like, them fuckers killed me again. And he's just <laughs> reinvigorated to continue his fucking quest of death. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah no, it's it, crazy. Do, it doesn't change him. Yeah. Yeah. It's unfortunate. Well, why don't we dive into some listener comments and call it a night, my friend? Yes, sir. Boy, we got some, uh, got some long ones to pick, one, uh, pick from. Yeah. We got two super long ones. We might as well just each do either Marcus and we'll do Marcus and Callum. All right. Uh, I will take Mr. Marcus. You want to do Callum? Yep. You want to go first? Sure. All right. Mr. Marcus Reyes, uh, this is what you get for being one of the two people who commented on this. We'll read your whole long thing. Here we go. Yes. Marcus says, I really enjoy the plan. It's basically the Cavill movie, and I love both the character and Dean Stockwell, so this was going to be hard to cock up for me. The script refers to the two main Cavils as F. Cavill, Fleet, and C. Cavill, Caprica. So that's how I'll delineate the two. Cavill introduces himself to Ellen as a mysterious stranger, which is what Ellen tells the others at dinner in her first episode. Ooh, I forgot about that. Good call, Marcus. Um, The attack on the colonies is pretty amazing on all fronts. Visual effects, editing, music, everything. There's a sickness to how the bombs fall that was palpable, and all the little touches like the bombs opening up to reveal multiple warheads or the centurions executing people trapped in the cars was really intense. The whole thing feels as epic and catastrophic as you'd imagine from watching the miniseries. Not to mention the hybrids' utterances, which I'm sure will be discussed at length. <laughs> Whoops. Oopsie. So, I, I guess uh, and the- no. I, it's, it, it, I don't, I, like, the hybrid utterances are kind of, I, I, I don't know if they're interesting enough to discuss, but we can come back they're to that. S- they're so oblique that it's like, I don't know what to say about it. <laughs> right, 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 <laughs> I mean, right, right. Um, but he says, also, the base stars pivoting to enter atmosphere was really cool. My second favorite Cavill moment is from this. It's his first scene with Simon where all his anger and frustration are unleashed. Uh, it's like he is pacing with it like a tiger when he is listing how all the Cylons have let him down and goes to show how quickly he can go from sarcastic to frightening in a single moment. Mm. Again, Stockwell is so fascinating to watch, specifically in scenes like this. The kiss between Tyrrell and Gianna is really interesting. It's very non-romantic, but a lovely moment between two people who needed a simple human connection. Right. Loved the juxtaposition of uh, Fleet Cavill killing the kid, friends can be dangerous things, <laughs> and Caprica Cavill not killing Kara. I think that the two are going through similar circumstances with their fellow Cylons, expressing the love they've developed for the humans, but clearly go in different directions when presented an opportunity to either embrace it or reject it. Caprica Cavill sees the bigger picture and chooses peace, whereas Fleet Cavill also sees it, but chooses to literally kill the symbol of peace sitting next to him. The two Mm. Cavils meet up on Galactica, but but it is altered from how it went down in the season two finale. 
If you remember, Fleet Cavill went along with Truce and seemed to have prior knowledge of it, but the retcon still leaves things a bit unclear. Right. If Fleet Cavill was no longer aware of the Truce, what does he mean by the line, unlike you, we can admit our mistakes? Caprica Cavill doesn't believe that the destruction of the colonies was a mistake, so I'm curious why they left that line in and yet changed so much else about this scene. I mean, even Laura is written out of the scene in the new version. Right. Hmm, interesting. Not one speck of Laura. Not one speck of her in this. Cavill was always shown to be rude to the Centurions, which we again see here from even a newly enlightened uh, Caprica Cavill, but I only just now realize it's probably, probably because Cavill is envious of the Centurions. After all, they are what he desires most, to be a cold, hard machine made of metal and wires and gears. There's a 140-foot mm. launch tube. We may die of our injuries before we get to the vacuum. Cavill is the worst shoulder to cry on, even to himself. I love it. That's <laughs> <laughs> great. Notes from the commentary. Frank Darabont was supposed to direct this, but had to bow out, which is how Eddie took over. Damn, I kind of wish Frank Darabont would have done that. That's fucking mm. cool. Uh, when casting the boy who seeks refuge with Cavill, they intentionally cast someone who looked like a young Dean Stockwell in The Boy with Green Hair. So actually, I read about that a little bit too. Um, thank you, Marcus, for bringing that up because that is a movie that Dean Stockwell starred in in 1948 as a kid who was a war orphan. And they even designed his costume to look like the costume that he wore in that movie. It's cool. Awesome. And him and Marcus go back and forth at length regarding those comments, which is awesome. Hell yeah. Callum says, I went back and found my comments on this from in July. Sorry about the length. <laughs> um, he likes the plan. So many details, which weren't necessary plot holes, but were at least open questions. Who left the less silent note saying there were 12? How did Ellen? Oh yeah, that's right. How did Ellen Ty get into the fleet? How did Chili Godfrey vanish? That was awesome, by the way. Out the airlock, she goes. Now in the first watch plan, I didn't wonder about whether this stuff needed to be answered at this stage. These questions, although interesting, don't really matter all that much past the ending of season four, but since the LSG coverage of Razor, I've changed my mind. I no longer see the point in asking whether an addition to a series is necessary, because what good does that do? The movie is already made, and the story tells is one we have. I think the new characters are fairly well developed in what little time we have of them. It's great to see Simon number four get some time in the spotlight. I like the mirroring of the Simon and the fleet and the Cavill and Caprica. Ah, that's a good point but becoming disenfranchised with the original Cylon goals. Conversely, the Cavill and the Fleet and Simon on Caprica are both diehard believers in the Cylon cause. The portrayal of Cavill's was just brilliant. There's a great bit near the end where Caprica Cavill is shocked that Anders would go on loving Starbuck and his friends even when he knows they're dead. We didn't talk about that. Yes. He wonders, it, he's, he's utterly baffled by this, if you recall in the scene. I'm off script now. Where he says, no. yeah, yeah. He says, what? he's like, what do you mean? I wouldn't still love them. Of course. He's like, but they're dead. <laughs> He's so baffled by this. It's really interesting. I forgot about that. To me, this is a perfect example of how Cavill is still a child in Dean Stockwell's crusty body. The number ones just do not understand humans. Perhaps child is the wrong. And, and, and conversely, maybe we don't understand Cavill and we keep ascribing um, motive to him that doesn't apply, right? Yeah, that might go both ways. He continues to saying the number ones just do not understand humans. Perhaps a child is the wrong term as even a kid will generally understand love to some extent. From Cal's perspective, he probably doesn't want to understand what it means to be a human because for him, anything human is a flaw that needs to rid himself of. That's true. He does yeah. see it as awfully sort of uh, disease-like. Anything remotely human he wants to be rid of, yeah. By failing to even attempt to learn from humans and by extension learn about his humanity, how can he ever hope to claim superiority or truly ape a machine? 
I was impressed with how well scenes from the miniseries were subtly altered to add new in-lines of dialogue. Um, Gianna steps off a raptor on Colonial One. I've compared that scene to the miniseries, and there are more details added in the dialogue about her husband being a doctor of fleets. Little things like that, which I felt really added value to the film. It didn't feel to me like these new characters or details were forced. It looks like they even reshot a few scenes and edited them to the originals, which generally worked. Good stuff. I do think that in rewatches, the plan is is far better after season four up 15, no exit. It's kind of like a Cavill movie episode. It follows this I don't want to be human speech. That's true. Yeah. Um, what else does he say? Though I'm not sure it's actually confirmed in the show. A popular theory seems to be that this spider-looking monstrosity is actually the ship that the final five traveled to the 12 colonies from Earth in. That's cool. He has some questions for us. Do we reckon Caprica Hat got boxed? I think so. Yup. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I think, so. I think Bomber, he's a man of his word. Yeah. Was Wilmer the only Cylon sleeper agent? The Cylon comparable agent we know um, uh, is the six on Pegasus, and she knew from the start that she was a Cylon. Um, I think so. It's the I, only one it revealed. Me, yeah, dude. It makes me wonder if they had a sleeper agent on every Battlestar, and that they didn't care if they killed some of them because they would just resurrect. Mm, I like it. I wonder. What was Bomber's initial mission anyway? She didn't assist the number four in planting the hacking device that Baltar discovered in the CIC in the miniseries. So she didn't really assist during the initial silent attack on the colonies and fleet. I can't really see what her role was unless it was simply meant to be a contingency. But if so, she needed another silent to activate her and give her instructions. Seems pretty inefficient. But then maybe that's a theme with the Cylons. They failed to kill all of the humans in Caprica, even the ones with all those nukes. Um, I think... I think being a sleeper agent, her plan was probably a deeper laden plan to happen, not initially, but perhaps later. I don't know if that pans out logically. That your, that question is a good question because it's something Matt and I talk about a lot, which is if we go back and watch this again, knowing what we know about the plan, do we see many opportunities where they could have destroyed the fleet, right? Yeah. That becomes a question, which is why sometimes episodes slash movies like this are problematic. Because <laughs> you're like, why didn't they just do it then? Right. What the fuck? The music we hear during the montage of the attacks on the colonies first heard from the speakers in the strip club Valentine Cavalier Inn. The music does have motifs from the song that the final five heard when they were activated. Interesting. Is that significant? It could be. I've gone back and forth on it, but I feel like it's perhaps another instance of the song existing in the background of life in the various worlds of humanity. Andrew's remembered on Earth. Now it's playing on PyCon with Ty, Ellen. Then we next hear it on Galactica. Um, I I would assume the significance is just inconsistency in the consistency of its appearance in the world. I think it's it also ties them my, together. Yeah. Well, my interpretation of it is that it represents something about the cyclical nature of of events. Sure. Like, you know that humanity destroys itself that through its own creation over and over again. Yeah. Therefore, we keep hearing the song over and over again. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So that's uh, the lion's share of uh, the discussion from comments, which is really handled by two people this week. So shout out to <laughs> Callum, shout out to Marcus. Uh, yeah. Thanks, guys, for joining us in the live show. Uh, Callum and Marcus were there. Of course, Tommy was there. Voss was there. Jay was there. Audrey was there. Scott was there. Hell a bunch yeah. of people were there. So thanks, guys. For, yeah, thanks for turning up. This is a lot of fun. I'm glad we finally got to it. Thank you for your patience and us getting it out. Anything you want to say about this? Before we uh, go, no, I mean, I do. Uh, I want to be clear. Like, I did you like enjoy it more watching now? the plan. I do feel like I like it a little more. Um, there are still like structurally rewatching. You know, watching it again, I'm like, it's still kind of janky. I feel it like is. editing it wise and, and stuff like that. Like, it's 
there are moments of it being slightly difficult to watch, but the themes that are there and the development of Cavill and the, the conflict between him and, you know, the, the uh, Galactica Cavill, I really enjoy that stuff. I do think that for those things alone and for Dean Stockwell's continued performance as Cavill, it's worth it to me, man. It's, it's still a worthwhile Same. addition. Yep, I agree. So, I like I it more it. having discussed it and getting some of the listener insights as well. Um, yes. I call definitely. it a like, definitely not a love. Right, um, I agree. I'm I glad agree. I watched it. I'll say that. Yeah. No, I agree. I'm glad I watched it. Awesome. Well, until we <laughs> splinter off into another mini series that's short on this feed, <laughs> this might be a lack, there might be a lack of activity on this feed for some time unless we do something else in the future, which I guess is possible, but no promises. Thank you guys for your patience. Thanks for waiting. Um, we had a lot of fun doing this. At least I did. Oh, yeah. It was great to discuss. Thank you for listening. It was a reminder. It was nice. It was like driving through the neighborhood you grew up in, right? It's, <laughs> True. It's We're back. Nice memories. This Beautiful, is a fun show to discuss. Boys. A great fucking show to discuss. And um, yeah. Yep. Um, this did not, uh, this did not, um, we weren't, there was no, we were not spoiled for content to discuss. I wasn't sure how it was going to go, but we got almost two hours here, so we're good. <laughs> there we go, baby. All right, Mr. Anderson, we are out of here. Why don't you tell these good people goodbye? Stay fracky, you fracks. 